everybody, and welcome back. You are listening to Joygasm, a video game and movie podcast. I'm Russ, Xbox Live, Toaster360. He is Steve, Xbox Live, Stevevich. And apparently dead men do tell an awfully lot of tales. In episode 233 today, July 22nd, 2021, we're going to be getting a little, uh, you know, up to date with each other before going right into our topic of the day, which is the Sea of Thieves, A Pirate's Life First Impressions, which you can fast forward to if you look at the timestamps located somewhere down there as I almost knock over my microphone. That's how excited I am about those timestamps. Before we go any further, though, make sure you cause that subscribe button to walk the plank. Maybe even joust with the notification bell. That way you will not miss a single episode of Joygasm that drops every week, once a week. Steve, how are you doing? Doing okay, Russ. Hmm. Doing okay. How about yourself? Doing okay. Hmm. The Aussie Aussie spectrum. Not necessarily the muy bueno, muy bien. No, it's about the glass is half uh, half full, Russ. Half half full. Probably what? not all the way full, but I mean, you know, anything to complain about, really. Uh, well, it's a start. I mean, it's, uh, it's better than looking at it half empty, right? That's right. Half full. Right. right. But, <laughs> anyhow, <sighs> how about yourself, Russ? How are you doing? I am doing quite well, actually. Good. I, uh... I, I must share a quick little story with this oh. shirt. So this is this is a, a bit of a, a newer shirt. Uh, however, what caused me to wear it was that I recently found out while watching the Sideshow Collectibles booth tour, they're doing kind of like this online virtual like mm-hmm. SDCC type of statue tour, but it's at their place of business because the actual San Diego Comic Con is not actually happening right now. And one of the statues they showed was uh, of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Mm. And it was something I didn't recognize, though, however. It actually had uh, just one turtle dressed in a lot of, like, samurai ninja garb. And then it had, like, his, like, three brothers behind him in kind of spiritual form, almost Mm. like laying hands on them, like blessing them almost kind of thing, giving them their, like their, their blessing of good luck, that sort of thing. And so it was interesting because, um, I then found out that there was last year a comic book. I think, I think it's a mini series or something like that, but apparently the OGs, Kevin Eastman and Peter Laird. Oh my goodness. Had a big hand in this. And it was like the story they have been apparently dying to tell for years. And they finally were able to get together and do it along with some um, other folks uh, whose names escape me for the moment. I apologize. However, it definitely got me really uh, nostalgic for like when, we, when you and I collected the the original Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle comic books and how like edgy and dark they were for their time, especially compared to the cartoon series of 1987. And um, so I'm now kind of in this frame of mind of wanting to see if I can find it. I, I'm sure that it's probably hard to find now because it's it was probably like, I think it's, it was like, I want to say October of last year. Somewhere around there was when the issues came out. But I mean, it's one of those situations where I'm thinking, okay, maybe they'll release like a graphic novel version. You know, like if you go into a comic book store, sometimes they'll have like like the hard cover, or they'll just have just a graphic novel or whatever. In any event, I'm gonna be keeping a 
Sharp eye for that, Steve. Oh, boy. Sharp eye. But I figured I would let you know about that right now. Ping-ponging it back to you, Steve. What have you been playing? What have you been watching lately? Huh? Oh, well, I'll say I've been playing some more Forza, Russ. Oh, which one? Four. Forza Forza Horizon 4. I want to beat the game before November. I figure might as well just throw it in there and just do everything. And I think I am nearly done. I mean, the season's going to change and it's going to tell me like, hey, yeah, you're only a quarter of the way. (laughs) Everything in winter. (laughs) Yeah. All those races are still here. I don't know what's going to happen, but where I am now, it's just saying like there's some of these blockbuster big races that are left. There's like Mm -hmm. three or four of them. I mean, I guess I could work on some of the job stuff a little bit more, but I don't know if you really necessarily need to complete that to beat the game. So are you kind of reaching that point where like you're looking around the world map? Mm -hmm. It's not really a world map. It's just it's the map of uh, whatever it is that you Yeah, it's the... uh, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> British map? Really? The British map, yeah, yeah. But are you at the point where, like, when you're going through, you're kind of having trouble finding the icons that are in progress or that you haven't done yet? Like, most of them, I imagine, at this point, are probably completed. Yes, they're they're mostly complete. Uh, I mean, the, all the new ones have new <laughs> on them, unless they're a timed event course and has the little clock right. clicking around. Do you so, do those as well? No, nah, I rarely ever do that kind of stuff. Well, I don't know. I, are those the ones that are based off of like, like you could um, do like multiplayer racing? Right. Yeah. Yeah. They're like a little timed event. There's like a, like a zombie, not, not a zombie thing, but like a, you're infected kind of thing. And I, I don't know how it really works, but I don't think a lot of that stuff is actually part of the horizon story. I think it's just there for something else to do with other people, but you don't necessarily have to complete. Anything. Right. So, uh, I'm nearly there. I pretty much have every car that I, that I really want and am going to use. And I think also, I'll have to send you a link here, but um, some folks have been saying that in Forza Horizon 5, yes. they are fixing the audio for the cars. I've always been telling you this. <laughs> Where like the 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 revving sounds in the motor sound like synthesized a bit, but they're not exactly like okay, you know, here's a microphone, here's near the exhaust, or here's how, how it sounds like actually in the car. But they do they go back and forth with certain cars, and the sound of the cars is getting better mm. with Forza Horizon Five. It's not gonna be like a night and day difference, but it's definitely noticeable. Well, maybe perhaps your trained ear will in yes. fact exonerate you from. My naysayer, right? Um, naysayerism, something like that. I don't know if that's a word. It's probably not. It's a Russism. Um, but I did. I told you the other day I saw the Tomorrow War with uh, you. Pratt, did Pratt. yeah? You mentioned that to me, and I, I, I didn't mention it to them. You sure did not. But the the show was okay. I mean, it, it's a popcorn you know, action flick. It's kind of like Starship Troopers in a way, although a bit cleaner. (laughs) I will will say I'm very surprised. No shower scenes in this. (laughs) Dang it. (laughs) No, I was surprised to hear you say what little you did say that actually sounded 
more positive. Yeah. Because honestly, I mean, when you first told me that you watched it, I was thinking, oh, here we go. He's going to like totally just bag on it. But you really didn't. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if I'd go through and watch it again, um, but I'm not disappointed. I mean, I, there was a lot of negative press with the show. Yeah. And I just thought, you know what? I'm just going to see it. I mean, Chris Pratt's in it. I'm a fan of Chris Pratt. Yeah. So I, I, you know, I give it a whirl. If I mean, it's terrible. Then I haven't lost any money. Haven't, you know, lost really anything. Yeah. So I just figured I'd watch it. And, um, yeah, it's it's so I I'm gonna go on record and say it's not terrible. It's not terrible. It's not as bad as everybody says it is. Like, yes, uh, it probably could be better. Yes, it probably takes itself a little bit too seriously. But it ain't bad. It's like it's not. It's, it's not like horrible. what the social media is making it out no, to be. No, I think I think when you when you watch the trailer, it looks way more intense than it actually is. And it looks like it's crazy serious. And then you start watching it in the story and, 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 you know, it gets explained. You're like, yeah, okay. This is kind of not really believable. Whatever. I can, you know, the script is me, but I don't know. I had a good time with it. So I don't know. I mean, if you, you, you pick it up, uh, you know, you're on Amazon, you want to take it a give it a spin, give it a watch. Give it a I whirl. might just do that actually. You know, turn up the sound a little bit, Russ. Might just do that. And... I thought I would show the wife Scarface. Oh, wow. That is a classic. She had never seen it. That's why you were asking me if I had Scarface. That's right. He texts me randomly asking if I have Scarface. I'm thinking, I don't think I own that. Steve, I'm busting. Why would you ask me that? <laughs> and I never, I don't think I ever <laughs> asked you. I never pinged you back with, why are you asking? Yeah, I just like, went, no. No, I don't. <laughs> God, I wish you would have asked me. I could have told him all about it. Why aren't you curious? You're like, don't you want to ask me? <laughs> Send. <Yeah. laughs> so you haven't seen it yet. Oh, we saw it. Oh, you did see uh, it. We saw it. Okay. Yeah. And I assume you had seen it prior to showing your wife, right? Once. Yes. Okay, so what did the wife think? She liked it. I mean, she kind of likes a lot of the uh, the action he flicks. Well, um, and that film took place a while ago. I mean, like... 1983. Like, yeah, like they were able to get away with uh, certain things that not so much today would you... I mean, you eh, maybe see that here and there, but I mean... The, that, that was one of the, the all-time classics right there. It is, and the acting is very, very good. It's very well cast. And I'm pointing out some of the actors to her. I'm like, do you recognize that guy there? Mm-hmm. And she's like, no, I don't. And I, so I started like, you know, doing little stuff from other movies that we've seen with, you know, uh, um, Mary Elizabeth Monstrano. And then, oh, man, there's a guy. Oh, I can't well, Michelle Pfeiffer's in Michelle there. Michelle Pfeiffer's in there. I'm like, you recognize her? She goes, is that Michelle Pfeiffer? I'm like, yep. Yeah. She's like, is she 20? She I don't super, know. Actually, a lot of actors in there were super young. Al Pacino was very oh, gosh. Young. That was like forty years ago. I mean, jeez. <laughs> so, anyway, um, and then ah, man, I'm trying to remember his name. He's the guy who Al Pacino works for um, after the kitchen job. Remember he he um, he brings the like, the coke and the money yeah. to him and says, "Hey, basically, I want to work for you." And then it's the guy with the mustache. Kind of oh. introduces him to the business. You'd recognize him. He's in other like mafia flicks and like some other, you know. I, you know, I'm having trouble crime like stuff. getting like a hundred percent picture of his face. I know who you're talking about because he ends up offing him 
Right. Early on in the film. Yeah. And kind of like. Spoiler alert. Well, the film came out like. No. Like to your point, 40 years ago. It's just not like it came out last week. Um, Anyhow, so he was, he played a small role in one of the seasons in The Sopranos. And, you know, the dude's aged a bit. And so she goes, I don't recognize him like whatsoever. And so I tried to do the best impression I could of him. Mm-hmm. And uh, then she goes, "Oh yeah, I see it, man. He got old." Da 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 da. I'm like, "Yep, that's the dude." Everybody had their younger days. Everybody gets old, but yep, that's him on the screen. I'm gonna have to like look him up here real quick. <laughs> I'm gonna talk enough about him. I'm gonna have to like you know tell you that's, what his that's name is. Perfectly fine. You can look him up. I can tell you uh, some things that I've done over the week. Please, if do, you are Russ. so interested, Russ, even if I wanted. To get away, I couldn't because I have you in both sides of my head. That's <laughs> just the way I like it. <laughs> so let me think here. While you were looking for that yes. particular gentleman, I actually watched yes. the, I can't remember exactly what it's called, but it's essentially like Batman and, uh, what is it? Oh, Batman Gotham by Gaslight. It's on HBO. Uh-huh. Have you heard of this? Yes. You, have you seen it? No. Okay. It's not bad. It's pretty good. It's definitely a different take on the world of Batman. They mix the whole like um, Jack the Ripper storyline mm. and fuse it, cross pollinate it, Ooh. if you will. Bumblebee to one flower to another. Exactly, mm. Steve. Exactly. But it was interesting because they took certain characters that we all know and love from the Batman world and applied them to the various characters that you have come to know in Jack the Ripper. So sure. one of the characters from the Batman world is Jack the Ripper, mm-hmm. which was really cool. And it was kind of like that. Who done it? Was it you? Or was it you? Not quite sure what's going on. And like the art style, you know, the, the, it's kind of like this, this uh, also hybrid of like Batman's not in his typical suit. It's very much like not totally Van Helsing, but like in that time period, you know, hmm. where, where you have the, the, that style of coat and like his cowl has like larger eye sockets and he, he doesn't have like the black eye makeup and stuff like it's it's a period piece. But I think that's one of the things that's interesting about the thing overall. I'm always a big fan of that. Um, you actually watched that one anime film recently of, I think it was called Batman Ninja, if I'm not mistaken. I believe it was. So if you think about the aesthetic of that, how like, you know, that they clearly were celebrating a lot of the, the ancient Japan samurai type of armor and uh, time period, that sort of thing. Kind of like that, only it was more in the uh, the British... Uh, verge of the industrial age kind of thing. So right. uh, that was, uh, you know, it, it was worth a watch. Good. I probably won't watch it necessarily uh, lots of times, maybe like one or two more times, but, uh, you know, I was curious about it. It had popped up on HBO, yes. a little suggestion lane that mm-hmm. they have down there. So I'm like, you know, what? I'm going to watch it. Yeah. Did I also tell you that I beat Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart? No. Oh, I did. Mm. Oh, yeah. Really, really fun game. I cannot recommend that game enough. That is actually probably, so far, my favorite game I've played on the PS5. It definitely gives a nice 
overview, if you will, of the various types of capabilities of the system. Just in terms of like, you have like the ray tracing, you have um, a lot of different types of camera work, the, um, the haptic feedback within the controller. This is probably the first game since um, Astro, uh, what was Astro's Playroom. Hmm. where like they actually put some thoughtfulness into, okay, how can we take advantage of this for our game? There is a lot of different things that they were doing in there that I, I really appreciated. Like they were using it for like different types of rain pit patterns, kind of like what Astro's Playroom does. Or if like you're slogging through puddles, you get that kind of sensation. Or if you're going through uh, kind of like a, a desolate wasteland area, you can feel almost like whether it's like your feet kind of falling through, like not through, but falling down into the dirt or sand, or you feel the gravel kind of rolling down uh, by your feet and that sort of thing. A lot of little things like that that I I really got a kick out of. And the animation, like all of the enemies, all of the different um, other supportive cast and whatnot, really well done. Like I, I was thoroughly impressed with thoroughly. The, the level of production value. Like, you know, like if you watch or say you play a video game and you're like, okay, I'm talking about ones that are not necessarily motion capture. This is like mostly, if not 100% um, hand animated. Like you, you'll get to a certain point, but like you can still at the end of the day tell it's like, oh, okay, yeah, this is kind of like, you know, what a video game is supposed to, to look like, right? It's how the characters move and stuff. And in this game, I was really impressed with how organic and fluid and just, you know, you have like like the, these traditional principles of animation that are clearly on display in this game. And so uh, I have a feeling they've probably had that for this series for a while. And again, this is like my first foray into the game itself. So I didn't know what to expect. Had a great time. Nice. Currently making my way through the, like their version of New Game Plus. Apparently, in New Game Plus, there are certain weapons that become unlocked that you could not get your, during your first playthrough. That's hmm. what we call incentive. Hashtag. Um, yeah, I just have to borrow the uh, PlayStation 5 and play it, Russ. Oh, absolutely, Steve. As soon as you're done with it. Oh, well, you, you can uh, come on over anytime. I uh, found his name. Oh. That's uh, Robert... Logia. Lo, lo, Logia. That guy. <laughs> um, anyhow, lovely. born oh, in 1930, right. uh, passed in 2015. Let me, let me see that. Uh, come on, Russ. Kind of sounds like, uh, oh man, I'm going to do it. I can't, I forgot one of his lines. But it kind of sounds like this. Hey, I just got out of prison. Come on, guys. Wait Come with me. You this guy. Come this, on. You were out, You know him. This guy was in Independence Day. Was he? He was the general. He probably was. Well, he was. Okay, well, minimize a picture. Go back. M. Dib lets you do that. Roger. Well, here. You, Flick it you, down. Let me see your phone. Here, Take a look at that. Uh, I think he was like the general in there. Like, he was the boss in Big. He was. Russ. Yes. Yup, you're right. Independence Day. Right there. Oh, yeah. Nice. I know my Independence Day. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. I've also been playing, not playing, I've been watching hmm. the Harley Quinn animated show on HBO. I think I mentioned this to you in the past a little bit, but... Um, 
the first season, it, it consists of like 14 or 15 episodes. I mean, it is pretty impressive. Like how many episodes they have in the, within the first season I've made it through 11 episodes and, uh, I'm really liking it a lot. Are you really? I am. It, it's oh. funny because uh, they they don't take it seriously. It's weird because like the cartoon is like super violent. Like it's 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 totally like that Adult Swim type of cartoon. But at the same time, it's like this satire. Like like they they poke fun at kind of the uh, the Batman world, but it's not like slapstick funny. It's more, uh, clever humor, whether it's like really, uh, biting dialogue or quips and that sort of thing. But then at the same time, there's also some, uh, physical humor in there as well and whatnot. I gotta say like, like I, I'm really liking it a lot. I can only watch like maybe two or three episodes at a time because it's just so in your face. Oh, like whenever you watch it, but having said that, I mean, like, I've really been enjoying making my way through that. Do you have HBO Max? Yes, Ross. Oh, well, then you can you can watch it, too. Okay. <laughs> anyway, that was a lot of fun. Um, now, mm-hmm. one of the other things that's worthy of note, Steve. Okay. I found a box. A cardboard box as I was cleaning my closet. Got a lot of those around here, Rob. I do. I really do. This one, however, had Money. a little Sharpie label that uh, said Plano Comics on it. I was like... <laughs> had Fragili. Oh, interesting. Marked yeah, Fragili. <laughs> but anyway, I was like, I don't remember what the heck is in this thing. Let me, let me open this thing up. And, and apparently they were comic books that I had, um, I had purchased back in like 2012. Man. And that was like way back when I was like working on borderlands two and like, um, a, a buddy of mine from uh, gearbox. And I would sometimes take these extended lunches and go to nice. the local comic book shop. Well, I had bought like a grouping of these, these comics. And, uh, I, I guess when I moved, um, out of Dallas and into like, you know, more of the suburbs, I totally forgot I had this box and it's been sitting in my closet for quite some time ever since then, but I forgot what it was. I have the very first issue of miles Morales as Spider-Man. <laughs> like it was the weirdest thing. I'm like, what is this? And it's it's the one that's like issue number one. It's, it says uh, you know all new Spider Man. But when they had released it, it was inside this uh, kind of gray looking packet, and um, it was interesting because you couldn't actually see the the actual cover of the comic book. You literally would have to tear open the the, the gray. I don't want, I don't want to call it bag, but it's like basically this packet that it's in, and then in order to see it and read it and everything else. I've never opened it. And it's like right there. And so I, I was, uh, I was pretty stoked actually to see that, especially considering the fact that I've gotten to know the character miles Morales, uh, over the last several years with like Spider-Man into the spider verse. And then even with the video game with Spider-Man, miles Morales. And, uh, he's definitely been more and more into the kind of the, the pop culture spotlight. So that's really cool. I, I was really happy about that. And I have like issue one, two, three, I think th- issues one through like nine or something like the first nine. I had no idea who this was. I think at the time I was just like, well, this looks cool. This is different. I guess I'll just take it. And uh, thank you. Huh. <laughs> 
It's a mystery box it's for a, comics. It's, it's a mystery box, indeed. Last but not least, I just wanted to say that we did play Overwatch. We did. Yeah, for a little bit. What did you think? That was fun. Yeah. I had a good time with that. Yeah, you, I got, you got quite a few of the old uh, play of the games. Yeah, I did, Brett. You know, I, uh, it happens every once in a while. It doesn't happen often, but it does happen every once in a while. It really does, Steve. You know, it really, really does. And it was fun, too. It's the topic of the day! Our topic of the day is the Sea of Thieves, a pirate's tale. This is a DLC pack that got dropped earlier this week, if I'm not mistaken, to all very happy Xbox owners everywhere. This is a big expansion pack to the uh, very popular game by Rare, and we were able to give it a spin. We were able to get with our friends Nick and Ree, who are kind of like our uh, mainstay uh, crew, our pirate crew, if you will. And so we were both very, very interested in finding out what this game, or really this expansion pack, had included. Just simply because, you know, we had seen the, the E3 trailer. We were very curious about uh, what all was in store. It looked like it had quite a bit, but we weren't exactly sure if what we were seeing slash hearing was specifically for the trailer right and not necessarily the game steve <clears throat> what are your initial impressions of what you've seen so far and right we should probably kind of let them know that we're not very this. Uh, yeah we're not very far in there yet we just done like the first section of the game um but i will say i you know it's it's right now it's kind of slow it's a bit I mean, nothing in CFDs is really going to be, like, intense. No. Unless you're being chased down by fellow pirates and you're about to lose right. all your loot and stuff like that. But I will say it's it's a bit boring. Boring? Boring. Um, think of it this way. Like, when you die in Sea of Thieves and you go to the Ferry of the Damned, and you're just kind of hanging out there until the machine reloads you or spawns you right back into the game. <laughs> you know, it looks, you're basically at like the bottom of the ocean sort of thing. There's nothing to really look at. And it's kind of that green turquoisey kind of color. And there's nothing really much to really appreciate until you're back in your ship or back on the island. Mm. And you're appreciating the beauty and you're with everybody else and whatnot. And so you take the DLC now, and and it's basically, at least the part that we played, yes. is like 
a different part of the Ferry of the Damned. Mm -hmm. You're on the ferry or you're on the land, but it's still like that same kind of dreary backdrop. Sure. And so I kind of got like a little bit tired of it. I wanted to get back into like the plush, you know, areas that we visited and... I wanted to see, you know, Captain Jack Sparrow in the world that we're used to within, mm -hmm. within the Sea of Thieves with all like the, the beautiful colors and the water and everything. Sure. And so fast forward until we were done and we kind of went back through that the portal. I, it was almost a sense of relief. Like, oh, now, okay, yeah, I can see the sky. I can see clouds. I can see blue water. I can see all this, that, and the other. Um, and I know they were going for like a look, you know, uh, but I just kind of thought it was not nearly as much happening as um, I would have liked to be excited, I guess. Um, I was kind of hoping that they would have... I mean, one thing that was really cool was that they had the original, you know, pirates or dead dead men tell no tales kind of mm -hmm. thing. But after you heard it for like the 36th time, I was like, I get it. All right, you're, you're the coolness is kind of worn off. Well, like, they didn't like, repeat it. Like, well, it seemed like they did like every lantern we we lit. You know, dead men tell no dead men tell no dead men dead, dead, dead. I'm like, okay, I got it. That's not it. what happened. <laughs> they took, I, and I know this because I have the actual recording from the Pirates of the Caribbean ride. What Steve is referring to is that as you're going on the ride, you have kind of like that tried and true guy who acts as the pirate and talks to you sure. throughout the ride. Yes. But he has multiple lines throughout the ride. He doesn't just uh -huh. repeatedly say, Dead Men Tell No Tales. And it's the same in the game. Like yeah. I was listening to it. It's just you, I think, just keyed on when he said that line, which granted, he said it like more than one time. It was like yeah, twice. It was like maybe three <laughs> times, four no. times, but like absolutely not. No, he's not on 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 my machine. It was a lot of time. Well, like, you I have the ancient it. Xbox One. So. Okay, either way, my experience, <laughs> and he kept on saying, I mean, I doubt they they programmed it like, okay, this is how many times he's gonna say it on the Xbox base system. But if you have the S, not going to repeat it as much. Okay, the enter button. No, I'm being facetious. <laughs> you do not take things so literally, Steve. Anyhow, you said it. <laughs> Anyhow, so that was my experience. Yeah, he said other stuff, but like from getting to point A to point B to point C, it was so repetitive. My wife was looking at me like, is there anything else like he's going to say? I'm like, yeah, we just got to get to like the next thing. So finally when it was done, it was like, okay, yeah, I, we did it. Uh, ready for the next chapter kind of thing. So I really liked it. I thought it was really cool how uh, it was a, a very purposeful journey. I thought it was cool how they're taking more of a storytelling approach with this particular expansion pack. Where like in the past, like you would have these very basic type of um, missions that you would have to go on or voyages and, and you would kind of fill in the gaps as you go along. You kind of almost like make your own story, that sort of thing. But what was nice about this was that we were kind of going into more of not necessarily like a dimension per se, but it was kind of like the, the land of the dead almost, um, which does play a part in the whole ride of Pirates of the Caribbean. So I really enjoyed how when we got into this space, it definitely had more of that supernatural vibe to it, kind of an in-between state, if you will. And I really liked the, the, the use of voices. So like you, you alluded to this, um, but one of the things that I thought was very, very cool within 
this expansion is they have finally addressed something that I have been wanting for years since this game first came out, which is to actually have robust VO for various characters you come across. And so what was nice was that we were we would be walking through and kind of doing these little puzzles or, or finding our way through these uh, caverns and that sort of thing. And what was nice about that was it was a departure from having to go get animals, having to dig up treasure, sure. like, like those types of monotonous activities. It just is so old. And this instead, you can tell of like, like they took cues from the ride itself where as you're going along, like, like it is more of a storytelling journey. They, they don't want to just like, like, you know, all of a sudden fast forward to, you know, where the battles take place and stuff. They want to like immerse us into the world of what pirates are like. And so I, for one, was really glad and happy about kind of the environment that we got to check out for the first tale. And so that's one of the things that we learned about too, is that this game is um, specifically this expansion actually consists of multiple pirate tales. And we just played the first one. And I was looking on their website and they were talking about how, as you go along, you play more of these tales and stuff, how like um, some of those different aspects of it, like, you know, Captain Jack Sparrow and, and that sort of thing will sure. actually go with more into kind of the, the real world space with you. But before I go too far into that, the voices themselves. So like you, you come across certain characters like, like, okay, so we all know that Jack Sparrow's in the game. I was absolutely in love with the fact that we got to hear him talk and not just a little bit, not just a one liner, but like actually like persistently throughout the play experience, we got to hear him talk and it so brought his character to life. The same thing can be said for like when, when we pick up the skull, which we'll talk about in a minute here, but like hearing uh, again, just uh, a character filled with lines totally just brought that character to life. And as a result, like as a byproduct, it brought the actual world more to life because we were hearing more than just ambient noises. Right. And in the past, like, like people like you, myself and our friends, like we would fill in kind of that audio gap, if you will, sure. by us being able to do voices and talk and that sort of thing. So that was a huge plus in my book to actually hear that. And I really liked how they did in fact infuse, um, some of the, the rides like, like with, the uh, um, whether it was the, the main kind of, uh, narrator so to speak of the ride you know depending on like where we got within certain puzzles or if we were making our way traversing through these caverns and whatnot you would be able to hear him say certain lines and that was cool but i was glad that they didn't completely go down the road of pirates of the caribbean where like they were like copying and pasting like what the ride is, actually looks like they, they still made it sea of thieves but they they brought in the these certain elements which i thought were were really nice um, now the pirate tale itself was a bit interesting in the sense that they're clearly wanting to push this idea of exposition, which again, I really like because typically when you're playing sea of thieves, like, like you'll, you'll choose like whatever type of mission or voyage you want to go on to or whatever. And they'll give you some like, uh, text to read up front right. to kind of set the scene. Right. But then you go out and you just kind of accomplish these things. What's different about this is what I think is really cool is I think um, 
having them continue to be able to drop little nuggets of storytelling and that sort of thing as you move along, as you solve certain puzzles and you, and you kind of make your way through this area. I really like that. What did you think? Yeah, I mean, I, again, it was, I mean, it was partially fun because it was different. Um, to me, it just didn't really bring to life really that much. It was nice that it was, you know, Captain Jack Sparrow, but I mean, to me, it was it was more towards the end. We really heard this other pirate guy, you know, talking throughout, like he's guiding you to, to go to different areas and uh, do li- little things to, to find the key and to find the trinkets and, you know, get him down. And he's telling you stories, you know, throughout. And then it's kind of like basically the last quarter, I guess, of the whole thing that you are following Jack Sparrow around. He's talking to you. He's telling you what's going on, where he is, and, and you know, how he fits in the Sea of Thieves and um, and whatnot. And then that's basically, you know, wrapping it up. Um, so I mean, I, I think you just had a different, a whole different experience than, than I did. I mean, I, I, I'm not there where uh, I'm never going to play the thing again. It just didn't, I was hoping for a, a bit more excitement and, um, it was I, I surprising just, how like there wasn't like we weren't like thrust immediately into like the swashbuckling fighting sure. and everything else. Like it was interesting how they chose more of that kind of puzzle solving um, almost like enigma. But I think at the same time, see, I think it depends on how many tales there are to be told, right? If they're if they only have like two or three tales, well then that's kind of a bummer. But I mean, who knows how many I mean, they may have 5 or 10. It really depends on how many they're going to go with. And I think in terms of like what we did since we played the very first tale is it's setting the scene, right? Like like we got to see all these shipwrecks and we got to get kind of back in touch with different types of, of pirates who have passed on who are in ghost form and they're they're just doing all the things that you've come to know and love about when you go on the ride at Disneyland and that sort of thing. I think that's really nice because it's, it's again, we're, we're not just fast forwarding to just kind of like the little instant gratification parts, but like we're actually able to kind of take a moment and see how all this stuff plays in. And I feel like it helps to almost like flesh out or populate the world of Sea of Thieves better because that's one of the things that we talk about quite a bit is how you really don't come across like other types of NPCs throughout the world. I mean, like if you're at a, a like a harbor, like, like, a, you know, a, a, what, what do you call those islands? That have, like a pier? Like, yeah. Like, like basically the places that have like the, the, the bar or pub right. or whatever, that's where you will tend to find a couple of NPCs. Once you embark on a journey and you go to another island, the chances of you coming across an NPC are very few and far between. And I I would even go so far as to say that it wasn't until maybe like a year or two ago, maybe I would say two years ago, where they actually started to sprinkle just a little bit of of NPCs here and there based off the latest DLC drops. Before that, it was literally just undead skeletons. Yeah, I like with Merrick and stuff, like with the, you know, the Megalodon and whatnot. Mm. But either either way, even if you found an NPC, you'd walk up to them and they'd, you know, stand in one spot. They wouldn't even like walk around anything, you know, around the map. They would be stagnant right there. And then you would click a button and have them say something. But the only thing they would say is, hmm, and then they would give you a whole paragraph of text and then right. you would click the button and then you go, Mer. and then they would, <laughs> another paragraph of text. You're like, what in the world? So yeah, I mean, they're fi- they're finally going in the right direction. 
thank goodness. And they're they're counting up to the day and age when there is voiceover for characters. They're not just, you know, texting whatnot. Um, so thank you, Steve. Thanks for getting with the times. <laughs> <laughs> what did you think of the, the whole carrying the skull around? Um, I'm glad that, you know, I, when I when I first picked up the skull, I'm like, this thing better talk to me. <laughs> you know, it's 2022. I've been playing this game for a while. 2021, Steve. You're right. I am six months in the future. You are. Future, you're, you're in the future. I am. I am in the future. <laughs> but who knows what they're going to have in 2022, right? You know, it might just be the Maybe same you'll thing. have <laughs> two talking skulls. Yeah. <laughs> um, anyhow, so I'm picking this thing up and I'm looking at it. And, and sure enough, you know, it starts to talk to me. I'm like, okay, there we go. Uh, expectation met. And, but you were streaming, and so I thought, well, let me actually hand this to Russ because what your screen that shows. That was a good call. Yeah. That was a good call. <laughs> what your screen shows, everyone's going to see him like, here, take this thing from me. Well, and I didn't know uh, what was happening at first because I just didn't, I simply right. didn't see the skull. So that was, I was definitely a good move because, yeah, I was streaming, and, and so I, I made a point to kind of like, just have the skull sometimes like, like close up to my, my camera or I like hold it away so you can kind of see it and, and to kind of move it around and stuff. So yeah. Thank you. Hmm. Yeah. They're going to give you the key yeah. also yes. and like the uh, coin and whatnot. I'm like, yeah, you're bing, yeah. take this thing, get it away from me. <laughs> you got you to do everything. Well, and it's great too, because then like, if let's say for instance, like the, a door would open, then right. I would watch as you guys would go through the door first. And then I go through, you know, for, for cinematic purposes, right. you know, if you're watching right. us on Twitch, I got to try and entertain you. And then, but uh, as Nick was saying, uh, there's a part where you can get all this gold. And so you're collecting a bunch of gold and you think, okay, awesome. Oh, yeah. I got, you know, thousands and thousands of coins. I want more. I'm a pirate. I like gold. Why not? So, but they, they, they kind of just tease you. I think you were saying it in the stream. Yeah. Like, you're just real teasing us because you have all these piles of gold and you can't collect anything unless you're in this one little spot. I thought, ah, nuts. Well, well, it, it, it was an odd choice, right? Because yeah. on the one hand, clearly we don't have pockets deep right. enough to be able to carry all that gold. However, <laughs> but we do carry about 10 cannonballs. We do. Plus fruit. Yes. And coconuts. <laughs> But I think at the same time, though, it's odd to me that they they decided to have a room that has piles of gold that are, you know, more or less the same sizes of kind of the other gold piles we have come across. But yet we can't collect the gold from those areas. And I realize like they're doing set dressing to a certain extent with the environments. But I'm like, OK, it's I don't know. It's just weird. Like because you get you, you see that happen. You're like, oh, OK, well, then I'll, I'll go over here. I, I have you know, discovered more gold laying on the ground. I'd like to pick that up. And for whatever reason you can't, so I'm like, well, okay, that's maybe, right. maybe they run. I don't know if they ran out of time or uh, I don't know. Creative decision was made. Just gold texturing on the, uh, on the floor. Exactly. I was a little bummed that there were no doubloons cause I really want to be able to collect more of those, but maybe there, they will be, sprinkled throughout some of the, the other tales that get unlocked and whatnot. I wanted to go back really quick and talk about the skull just because I was really happy like you to, to see it animate and to see it talk. I mean, like as I was, I mean, I carried it for most of the, I would say like 85% sure. of the time. So I, I got to see what, what he was talking about. So, so sometimes he would be giving me, and maybe this is partially why you didn't have as much of an entertaining experience. Now that I think about it is the skull captain 
or the Captain Skull. I don't know. Um, he would be dropping different nuggets of story, like after every little part or piece of the puzzle that we would solve. Or like if we went into like certain areas of a shipwreck, right, where we would see like like kind of a pub area or we would see people, uh, what was it, playing chess? Sure. He would have these different things that I just assumed you guys could hear. I We could hear it. You could hear it. Yeah. Okay. Maybe it was just more entertaining to actually like, you know, you see him like, you know, he's like right there in your face. And so like that was that was really fun to me. Like, I mean, you know how much I love that kind of stuff. So like it was nice to see that or like he would even like play jokes on me. Like um, I think I mentioned to you guys, uh, which Nick had had experienced it the first time he played through this tale. But um at one, well, it's not at one point, like, like there's a, a few times like it kind of gets like oh, randomized, like, like trying to spook you. Yeah. 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 It, it was really fun because, um, he's like, it's quiet, too quiet. And he just kind of like sits there in your hand for a while. And, you, and then all of a sudden he goes, boo, <laughs> and like little things like that. Like those are the things that, that I personally appreciate when it comes to injecting more of that personality and character into something like that. Now, if we were to push forward to Jack Sparrow being in the dead man's ferry, I really liked this idea in terms of the placement, because if you think about it up until this point, we, anytime we die, when we're in the world of sea of thieves, we go to the dead man's ferry and then we have to kind of wait part of like the penalty. Yeah. We gotta wait for the doors to open and then the doors open and you're able to, to come, come back and, and uh, fight another day. But we never have seen the guts of the, of the dead man's right. ferry boat. And so what did you, I mean, are, are you in agreement in the sense that like, like, first of all, that was really fun to be able to like go down. Cause I was like, what the heck is in this thing? Yeah, really? And then secondly, the, the fact that we do get to see Jack Sparrow in the, the, the cage with the dog, he's whistling with the bone, that sort of thing. I just thought that was perfect. Yeah, that was pretty cool. Um, you know, that was, you know, towards the end. And then you're kind of walking behind Jack Sparrow. I think we're all kind of like pawning for like, who's going to be in front of him? You Because know, I want to see his face. <laughs> you know, I'm like walking behind him and seeing the back of Jack Sparrow's head. I'm like, oh, man. Uh, so, and then... You know, he had a, some communication with the the ferryman, um, the the dead ferryman. Yes, about what was happening with the Flying Dutchman yes. ship, and I was kind of losing it there. I'm like, what on earth are you guys really talking about? Like, <laughs> yeah, okay, Jack did something bad, and now it's gotten worse, and then something bad's gonna happen, I guess. And then you know, that ship came out of nowhere. I was like, ooh, uh-huh. cool. Um, but then we were pelting that crap out of that thing. Thank goodness they gave us like 50 cannonballs each. We were. No, that was a lot of fun. You, one of the things that I do think about as, as you were describing that scene, um, I wish that we were able to be able to experience that with Nick and Reed for the very first time because they were basically our guides. Right. Like if you can almost think of like if you and I were at Disneyland and we had like two personal Disney assistants that were yeah. there and they're just kind of like, Oh, why don't you try this? Why don't you try that? Which is fine because it helped us to, to, you know, avoid any kind of like frustration or whatever. Right. At the same time though, what was lost was 
that spontaneous sense of like, what do we do? I don't know. You want to get gambled? Oh crap. You know, like you see all this stuff going on. And so that if, if, if I could go back, I, that'd be the one thing I would change with it. But yeah, I think that why, why I love seeing Jack Sparrow in the, the, the belly of the, the ferryman's boat is that just from the movies alone, he it's it's obvious that he has complicated relationships with both the living and the dead. You know, like like he's been around enough places to, to like all of a sudden like have very odd and weird and cursed filled things happen, and as a result, he has relationships in very odd places. And so I thought that that was uh, very appropriate given all things. I was hoping I could see that like you know, when we came out of that dimension, I guess, back in the world of Sea of Thieves. I was hoping that we could see like, you know, the for his hand go from a regular hand to like the bony hand, like we see in like in the movie. Oh, right. Yeah. I, thought, I was waiting for that to happen and it never happened. I'm like, nuts. But I guess maybe like, you know, later on it'll, it'll probably show us something. And that was from the first film. That was the right. curse of the Black Pearl. But then after that movie, he has the curse removed. And so, I mean, I think this takes place almost after all the films that have come out so far. So uh, it'll be interesting to see um, what, what are your thoughts in terms of how the, the, um, the expansion pack is broken up into these separate tales? Um, you know, I think it's a good way to, to, you elongate the entire experience. It bookmarks experience. it, right? Yeah, yeah, bookmarks it. Um, because you don't want to wrap it up too quick. Yeah. I mean, Sea of Thieves is, you know, you're going to go to play that game every once in a while, but I mean, you're going to get tired of going to the islands and do all the same tasks all over again. So, I mean, with the with this DLC, if they can push it out a bit so you go, okay, well, here's a chapter. And then after you're done with that one, here's another chapter. Here's another chapter. It's going to take a while to complete the, the whole thing, the, mm-hmm. whole, the whole story. Yeah. And so I'm actually kind of grateful for that because, you know, if it was just... Uh, you know, one experience like the, the, the Ashlands, for example, you know, they open up this new part of the map, which is cool. But then once you're there, you kind of see everything there is to see. And it's kind of more of the same thing. Just the scenery is different. Then you go, okay, well, we did it. That's cool. Mm-hmm. And that's that. Or, um, you know, you fight a Megalodon and then that's, that's, that's that, you know, right. Or, um, they, they had the the DLC drop where it's like that big, you know, ghost pirate. And that was the first time we heard the voice. That was the best voice over so far, by the way. That was pretty freaking cool. Um, but anyhow, so, but then you see him and you do that. Okay, then it's done, right? So at least with this, they're, they're going to push it out for quite a bit. And um, I think that's going to draw a lot of folks back you know, to continue to, to play. Yeah, I agree. I think that in terms of how they have it set up, um, I do like how they, they have it in such a way where it's almost like you're reading a book. You have these bookmarks. So you finish one tale, you go, you go back to the Sea of Thieves real world. My hope is, though, is that as you go along these tales, that they begin to bleed into the real world. And then maybe even some of those things stay once you've completed all these different things. Like, like the Flying Dutchman, for example, would be a wonderful... Um, addition to the world like you say like with the megalodon with the undead ships like again it's about fleshing out this world that they've been doing for several years now and this i mean like like even uh, today it is the most fleshed out world as opposed to when the game first was released and as a result it is fun i and i think 
Sea of Thieves enjoys how, like, if you if you don't play the game for a while and you come back and then, you know, you come across the Kraken or you come across the Megalodon or, or the ships or whatever it may be, even if you come across other players that are trying to board you and that sort of thing, um, if you allow time to, to just kind of let things become entertaining again, I think that, that that's a big payoff. And so I feel like you and I are at that point in terms of, of with the timing of, of this expansion. What do you, what are your hopes though to see with regards to these these upcoming tales like like as we go along into it is there anything that, that you want to see happen or you want to experience you know I'm I'm kind of hoping that it's gonna be a little more in your face uh, actually like you know like if you fight a kraken for example like there's no real getting away from it if you get sucked up by one of those tentacles like. You're gonna be yelling, and you're gonna be looking all you know down at your ship like I'm gonna die, sort of thing. Uh, but it's in your face. Mm-hmm. Um, same thing with like the megalodon. So I, what I'm kind of hoping for is that you know when we see more of these characters from you know the the story, I, I want them. I want a lot to happen all at once. I want a lot of like dead pirates to come up, not not from the Sea of Thieves, but but. Like from the movie, for example. Um, so we have something different to look at, but I want to be swarmed with them, mm. uh, like a whole deck full of dead pirates, right? Like, sure. like in the movies. Or um, you know, if if uh, if the black pearl comes up out like out of the ocean, right in front of your boat or something, you know, in your face, because that's gonna that's gonna cause me to be like you know reacting all crazy. Um, and that's what I hope from for the game because there's a lot of, like I said before, there's a lot of downtime. Mm-hmm. And so when there's not downtime, I want it to be really exciting. Sure. And it's worthy of note too, that we haven't seen all right. of Jack Sparrow's crew yet. Right. And apparently they have multiple characters from the films that will make appearances, whether they join us in these different types of subsequent tales, or if they just have tips or uh, different uh, tools, perhaps that they can give us that, that we can use as we go along these tales, which again, the pirates of the Caribbean movies are some of the best. I mean, like if I were to think of like different types of pirate movies that have come and gone, pirates, of the Caribbean is definitely like at the top. It's, it's just such a fun world to, Galavantin, dare I say. Oh, good word there, Russ. Thank you very much. That wraps up this episode of Joygasm. Thanks for hanging out with us. If you enjoyed this episode, we invite you to check out patreon.com slash joygasm where you can enjoy exclusive perks and early access to the show, not to mention it helps us continue doing what we love to do. Also, make sure you parlay that subscription button, maybe even launch a cannonball at that notification bell. That way you will not miss a single episode of Joygasm that drops once a week, every week on both YouTube and your favorite podcast provider. Also, you want to do a search for Joygasm TV on your favorite social media platform of choice, whether that's Instagram, Spotify, or Facebook, Twitter, whatever you want to do, because we always drop all kinds of ridiculous goodness in those eight places. Last but not least, do a search for Joygasm on Twitch to see us stream our video game adventures live every Wednesday night at 9.30 p.m. Central Time. In fact, we'll probably be playing more Sea of Thieves, which you're not going to want to miss. Until next time, happy gaming. <laughs>